Kate Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about it. We need to Louis. talk to someone about it. <laughs> Okay, I'm excited. We have always known that Bluey is a screen masterpiece to rival any that have come before. I think that's fair, yeah? Spielberg, uh, take your pick of all the great the directors. Other ones. The other ones. Uh, the guy that did Parasite. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. Uh, look, look, all of them. Um, I reckon, yeah, today's episode, I've, we're just getting seriously cinematic because we're joined in the wagon by... I feel like omnipresent Australian podcaster is kind of the way to say it. Right. Um, Definitely. Blake, yeah, Blake Howard, um, who he t- takes deep dives on uh, film to the next level. He's the creator of One of um, one Heat Minute, a podcast that had more than 160 episodes, I think, one for each and every minute of the 1995 film Heat, which like that alone is some pretty serious uh, <laughs> podcasting stripes. Blake, um, welcome to Got to Be Done. Mary, Kate, thank you so much for having me. I, I can't tell you, <laughs> a lot of people ask me what, you know, do I just watch the movies that I deep dive on over and over and over again? And uh, when I was doing Heat, I was actually watching For Leisure, uh, my latest project, which is All the President's Men. And uh, I literally can hand on heart say that in the last year where I've done more podcasting about movies than probably ever before in my entire life, I've watched Bluey as many times as any movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I am am as excited to talk to you about its cinematic influences. And it's kind of like there's a – I'm sure we're going to dive into it in the show, but like I feel like there's like – a couple of like key filmmakers and key texts for folks to sort of understand Joe Brum's mind. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the show. My wife and I relish it. It's a pre-bedtime ritual for my kiddos. I've got two little kids, uh, a Hazel and Keaton. And uh, Hazel and Kate, every night we watch about half an hour before bedtime, we kick off the Bluey Marathon and it's, uh, and, 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 you know, usually three episodes, sometimes four, if, if, uh, if I get an again, again, again. And so um, I, I, I've <laughs> oh, actually been adorable. really excited to be a part of this show. Ah, so how did good. You, well, how did welcome. you find out about us, Blake? Uh, well, you know, this is the thing. I stumbled into Bluey a little bit later than some who had kind of been like right on the front of it and I watched it and I was just consumed by how good it was. And so then with that consumption, you go, I want to know everything about the show. And also for me as a person who records a hell of a lot of podcasts, I actually love podcasts. I love podcasts as a medium um, because I know that you guys have talked about this a little bit, like as a parent, when you're racing around or just doing innocuous things or the kids are watching goddamn Paw Patrol and you want to pull your teeth out of your face, um, <laughs> yes. it's like listening to anything else while they are like consumed with that or while you're making dinners or while you're running around doing a chore around the house or just anything, especially in lockdown, um, I listened to a lot of podcasts. So I looked up to see if there was a Bluey podcast and your podcast existed. So um, that's 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 how I he- heard about it and I came late to the entire sort of uh i guess the whole like the bluey universe if you like and so um when i was listening i was listening to you guys and um uh and your eventual interviews with some of the the creators and things like that so it's been it's been an exciting sort of journey to uh to follow you guys along and and again to follow the show because in my mind uh it's insanely gone from strength to strength uh it it has but Sounds like you've really noticed, like like all our listeners out there, Blake, it just bears up to both watching again and again, but also to that deep dive that um, you really make your approach to film, I suppose. is Have you yeah. always had this approach that you, if you like something, you just have to know everything about it? Uh, it's strange, right? Because I probably wasn't, I probably never consciously thought about that. Um, but, but I was a revisitor, you know, I've got a couple of mates, like really close friends who are very much movie people and they like, do not revisit things. They'll watch something like once or twice and it's, it's cooked. Like they, they're, they're such a, I need to see everything new and I won't go back and revisit it. Whereas I'm kind of the inverse of that. Like I, I watched so many things and, and there was a time where I was writing, 
you know, or, or, or covering every single weekly release. And there's a lot of trash, <laughs> to be brutally honest with you. Like there's, wow, a lot of stuff that just, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that isn't great. And, and, and largely it's that lack of creativity machine. It just, you know, comes out. It's, it's, it's very generic and it, it's really tiresome. So I found myself revisiting things that I love to kind of keep the passion, st- you know, stoked because it's like, why do I love doing this? Well, I love it because of movies like X and, you know. And so then when the prospect came around with my project, One Heat Minute, and the subsequent projects I've done, which is all the President's Minutes, which I'm currently doing at the moment, um, and our whole One Heat Minute productions is, you know, things like I did a show with my best friend maria lewis uh called josie and the podcats which ended up being 12 episodes on the 2001 film josie and the pussycats we are and- we are very excited about that <laughs> one, by the way. <laughs> I, I i i hope i'm glad that you are it was a blast to make i think it's the best produced show i've ever done uh, and i'm now producing a one with my friend travis woods who's a terrific film critic from the united states called increment vice and to be honest I, I kind of stumbled into this because a couple of my best friends gave me a bit of a come to Jesus speech that said, you know, if you're so obsessed with this thing, like just do it essentially in the nicest possible <laughs> way, right? Like just do it. And and the concept, you know, came really naturally. And I, I think I think for me what you just said is the kicker. And with kids shows, you you find out how I guess bulletproof they are or how rewatchable they are because just kids want to rewatch the living daylights out of them is you really know what's good and what's bad quickly because mm, you can't, yeah. you can't like the, you know, the consumable nature of Bluey, like in seven minutes, if it was bad, it's like in the Peppa Pig, it's five minutes. If it's bad, it's like water torture because you're watching the same thing over and over again. And I think when it's good, you are just surprised. Like my kids are sick of the episode Bluey Sleepy yeah. Time, and I'm not. I'm like, <laughs> what? Oh, that's good. Like, like they're like, let's, they're like, let's watch. <laughs> we want to watch Dad. We want to watch Sean. Like this week, it was we want to watch the show or or Copycat. And I'm like, no, no, no. Let's watch Sleepy Time. Bed, sleep now. Aww, I'm not tired. <sighs> Night, Bingo. Night, Dad. So Baby Chick snuggled up to Mummy Chick and drifted off to sleep. The end. Okay, sleepy time now. To say it comes naturally, maybe, but I think probably it's like when you find your voice, I guess. You just find the thing that is you. And and for me, it's I think great art stands up the test of much scrutiny, much time, and many different sets of eyes. Ah. Uh. I feel like you've described where we were at when we started uh, mm. Gotta Be Done, but we bring, I guess, yeah, the eyes we bring to it are very much our parenting. Um, as we've discussed so many episodes, I know yeah. we've seen film references in there, but there have been ones we've missed as well. Um, you don't have to be I think expert Kate's, at everything. I'm not an well, expert. Kate- <laughs> I would just say to both of you, you guys are much more the experts on Bluey. I, I, I'm, I'm the consumer. I'm definitely the consumer, but my eyes are geared to see things. And I'm sure there are cinematic references we're going to talk about that I that that I don't talk about today. Talking to you guys, that I'm going to miss because there are other people whose eyes are geared differently. But there are just some things in here that you know that for me, I just they scream, and I love them for that for that reason. Well, Blake, should we just get straight into it? What cinematic references do you absolutely love in Bluey? Yeah, look. There are seriously so many, but I think I just want to say like the <laughs> most important film in I think Joe Brum's life and the whole creators is 2001 A Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick. Ooh. Dave, do you mind if I ask you a personal question? No, no, no. Okay, it is, it- is Sleepy Time influenced? Yeah, it's, it's not just sleepy time. It's so the big the big okay. ones are, the big ones are sleepy time. I want to do a quick shout out to Flatpak because for anyone who would know that episode, uh, you know, there's a moment where <laughs> Bandit and Chili discard their Allen key because they're done putting together the uh-huh. uh, the Bluey Universe IKEA f- furniture, and they didn't kill each other, which uh, which is amazing. Um, and they hand, not very they, realistic that one, but anyway, no. we'll get to that. In <laughs> I future. think it, evol- it evolves. Yeah, you guys will talk about that in more depth. <laughs> um, but there's a kind of a moment there, and in, in in the really famous opening of 2001: a Space Odyssey, there's a segment of the film called The Dawn of Man, and basically what it is is a whole bunch of you know sort of 
apes that are around and the monolith, the famous monolith from 2001 of Space Odyssey comes down to Earth and it, it, the monolith represents many things, but like let's just largely say that it's inspiration. And one of those inspiration moments, it like gets the inspiration onto this ape and he then picks up a bone and uses that as a tool. And there's an wow. amazing moment where he, where his hand is in the air as he's crushing some other bones with a bone like he's figured out how to use a tool and therefore this moment of inspiration will help the evolution of the species if you were believer in evolution um uh, which some people may not be but i certainly prescribe to that view um i know you guys are going to defend but i'm like i don't know who listens to this show <laughs> uh, my, my audience are weird and strange and wonderful people too um but uh so that that evolutionary moment that trigger that is a moment that happens in flat pack as well like obviously that episode is an entirely beautiful uh sort of metaphor for evolution and creation and purpose and 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 is layered with so many other references but like that moment i look at that and i go when you pair that film and that moment with sleepy time which Mm. eggs cracking you know bingo is you know the space baby (laughs) at the very beginning (laughs) of the episode bingo is flying through space and all of those colors and lights are streaming over and i'm sure you guys have a seen or potentially b talked about the great posters that people they are amazing yeah which i mean frame everyone i want everyone for my kids rooms basically but bring um, it on but so 2001 and Space Odyssey is a huge influence over a stack of Sleepy Time, um, which is layered in there and it's, you know, both obvious. And then there's also, you know, uh, which is a bit of like a weird sort of, I guess you call it like a horror space movie or a space madness because that's a whole genre, um, mm-hmm. a like space madness movie called Sunshine directed by Danny Boyle, um, which is a good movie if uh, to watch without your kids uh, because it's a movie. <laughs> good tip where a whole bunch of really attractive Hollywood and international stars get together on a a doomsday mission to uh, restart the sun because it stopped moving and they fly a spaceship into the centre of the sun. And there's some actually wonderful images um, of like silhouettes of like people standing out on decks in the spaceship looking at the sun. basically it looks like bingo sitting on mercury in space okay um, but, yes um, wow. so yeah sleepy time is a big mashup uh largely of 2001 space odyssey but it just owes a lot to the space opera genre and especially when you know the beautiful moment of chili being the sunshine in her daughter's life uh it's it's kind of played off with that beautiful moment but in uh, danny boyle's movie it was about you know seeing the the spark of our universe the, the source of yeah, <laughs> source yeah. Of power, okay. yeah and of course like space odyssey got the oscar that year for um i'm struggling to think of the category but um for best picture for effects no oh, didn't okay. get best picture but really? but no to- totally it's 2001 a space odyssey basically uh it kind of set the template because uh, it was made in 1968 and it set the template of what one could do with special effects and people were just so flabbergasted by it they couldn't believe that it even existed because everything wow. looked so incredible the effects still stand up and you know some of the some of the techniques and things that they use in digital effects they still use today so if you look at you know if anyone who's listening hasn't seen it but has most certainly seen the the film that apes it the most even more than the episode of blue sleepy time um, <laughs> star wars star wars would not exist without 2001 a space odyssey like if this is a space opera you know, down to the makes of the ships, down to the studios where they shot it, down to the companies who developed all of the design, Um, you know, George Lucas and, I mean, look, everyone in that generation after Kubrick was like looking at him as as an inspiration. absolutely incredible film and uh and and a huge influence i think on joe brown because of its philosophy yeah well look the fact that you know sleepy time has taken so much from it and made something so incredible probably shows just how much it stands the test of time as well but mm. it's still got so much to give yeah still sparking inspiration 
uh, still to right now. It's 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 incredible. Yeah, on Space Odyssey as well. Just even people who haven't seen it are probably so familiar with just those um those incredible musical moments because, like a lot of Bluey, it really pulled on a classical score as well. Um, yeah. You know, you can see a huge crossover there then with Sleepy Time using Holst. Um, I think it was probably the most memorable moment from Space Odyssey was the um, the Strauss Waltz. Um, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, because Kubrick is so fun for doing like really sometimes like they become famous needle drops, but they're like incongruous needle drops. Like his other film, Dr. Strangelove or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Like there's moments where there's mid air refueling of these jets and they basically look like giant robots having sex or being inseminated. <laughs> and so he plays, he plays this beautiful kind of romantic music. And like, so I think what I love about Kubrick stuff is like, I love hearing about the sound. I love hearing about the sounds. I love hearing about the music and people are like, Oh, it just makes sense now. But I think it's like, cause what, you know, we've been watching this damn thing for like, more than 50 years that's why it makes sense but it's like he actually is kind of taking the mickey a little bit with some of these waltzy like beautiful (laughs) tracks because that's what he finds he finds in this beautiful lyrical way that they're moving but he also loves to sort of poke a little bit of fun at it well also it's interesting that they um like keeping in mind that link to space odyssey that they used the theme jupiter and um bingo travels to jupiter which is very much space odyssey's um, yes. purpose yeah i yes. hadn't put the two together Absolutely. well i think i think i've i've, I've co-opted enough of your show to talk in detail about space odyssey but i i, w- I want to talk about a couple of other great references and and i think that it's it's about uh for me what's really great and what makes references stand the test of time is that they 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 either go all in and like make a really direct overt crazy reference or they kind of like harness the energy of like a genre. So there's like a Mel Brooks sort of awareness. Like I know a genre so well that I can take the Mickey out of it. Like, yeah. you know, Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein. <laughs> or, you know, like there's, there's, some, there's, that, there's, that, there's that quality versus like not another teen movie. You know, like there's, there's a there's kind of different <laughs> things. And so the the next few of my favorite references um come from like a newer episode uh and and one that doesn't have our main crew in it which is army there's too many of them we have to call for a dust off i told you you love dust offs i love rusty and i love jack um deeply love rusty he's the coolest and uh and army is just littered with these amazing shots are ripped straight out of like almost all Vietnam and some World War II films. So like Terrence Malick's The Thin Red Line, Terrence Malick just as a filmmaker, is this uh, American maverick filmmaker, really made only like five films up until sort of the 90s and he's been pretty prolific after that. But his most, you know, some of his most amazing films came late 90s. His film The Thin Red Line came out in 1998 alongside Saving Private Ryan and everyone was like, Saving Mm -hmm. Private Ryan's the best war movie ever. And Mm -hmm. he made this really inverse of that like they they there is a beep scene in thin red line and unlike the chaos of having ryan they walk onto the beach and it's just empty <laughs> and, uh, right. and there's no one there and they sort of are traveling up these beautiful mountains and the wind is lapping at the uh, uh, lapping at the grass the long grass and as you would remember in army there's these beautiful shots of the grass like lapping mm-hmm. and things like that yeah. they're, they're just like malik shots all in all in all and all together um, and it's like it, it harnesses that same thing. And then the, one of the most famous shots from any Vietnam War movie, because they're kind of a different genre than just a normal war movie, is Platoon, the final moments of Platoon with Charlie Sheen in a helicopter sort of flying off and doing this, like, narration. And then if you look at it, and I'm going to send it to you guys to either tweet out or to, or to put, you know, as a, in the description of this. Yeah, uh, I guess Yes. Uh, I'll do I'll do those so you guys can tweet all my references. But there's this great moment where Jack is kind of like really cute and smiling in like in their pretend helicopter cubby house. And it's like framed exactly like Charlie Sheen at the end of Platoon. It's like one of the wow. Oscar winning best picture in 1986. And it's like it's incredible just to think, wow, like this is it's it's harnessing all of that energy of like uh, of a war film and and it, but it's doing it for the complete you know different thing <laughs> that, doing it for kids too like yeah, yeah. that's quite amazing isn't it but yeah do you think they're in jokes for the adults blake or 
Yeah, I think, I mean, look, I think it's just they're speaking the language. I think there's just something so important. Like when you're getting in the headspace of a genre, it's like I think some of these things just become the language. I'm like, I don't think any kid is going to watch it and go like, maybe it's just me because I'm sort of really obsessed with the genre, that particular genre and obsessed with that movie that they'll get it. But I just think it's the language. Like it beca- it's, it's like Space Odyssey and Space Films. Like the first space opera movie that most people think about, like it's now probably Star Wars because it's just a bit more omnipresent. But like before Star Wars, it was Space Odyssey. And like mm-hmm. if you're ever thinking of science fiction, it's Odyssey, Space Odyssey, music, everything. Um, and I think that these army sh- movies, I, I, I think it, it's definitely just the language but if someone said, oh, no, 100%, that was a takeoff of Platoon, I'd be like, yeah, of course it is. Like, you know, it could, either answer I think could be totally, totally right there. But I think Platoon, there's moments in Forrest Gump that reminded me um, of scenes in Army, you know, that and and walking through. And even Jack sprinting. I mean, there's something yeah, I, I, in run, my office. Yeah. The run in my office right now, there's a, a Gallipoli poster um uh you know one of australia's mm-hmm. best films by peter weir you know th- there's those moments again all played for mateship and being a bit of a misfit and not being able to find a home and then finding a kinship and a little bit of brotherhood and like you see that like the discipline you know i think i think about it with personally with like sports as a young kid you know not having attention span for anything mm-hmm. you can go and play sport you learn how to be in a team um so yeah all that sort of stuff is they're kind of playing it on all those different notes but man it's still, I still love it to pieces because I'm like, God, this is, this is bluey platoon, <sighs> platoon. Get to the chopper, okay? Good thing we did all those push-ups. It's uh, quite amazing you- that they, yeah, shove it all into a seven-minute episode. I'm just, yeah, blown away because it was like four or five different films in just that one episode that you reckon that were being referenced. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm kind of awesome. I, and look, and one of if you're talking about loaded episodes that have like the most references that I've ever seen in almost anything, um, but I'm just going to talk about one moment from it. It's Escape. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Like in Escape, I mean, look, I think I think someone did a, a few cute sort of references to, uh, <laughs> which again is a deeply adult film. Um, Steve McQueen's The Getaway. Um, directed by <laughs> Sam Peckinpah and they're like oh look there's Bandit and Chili get you know literally on a getaway in this beautiful convertible car but in those moments there's like this there's one shot which I'll get you guys to tweet out where mm-hmm. the 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 giant uh is it the, is the it, dream house the dream, dream house, house. <laughs> yes I had to thank you thank you the dream house car is coming over the horizon and it's doing Ride of the Valkyries the Wagner song from Apocalypse Now at the same time as looking like something straight out of Mad Max Fury Road. And um, (laughs) even with the war boys, but instead of war boys, they're butlers dragging this dream house car that all look the same. And I was just like, this is the coolest, this might be the coolest show that's ever made on Australian television. Louie, let's get in the dream house car. Oh, yeah. What? The dream house car. It's like a giant dream house on wheels. Yeah, it's got 11 burger shops and 20 bedrooms and 40 toilets and a spa on the balcony. Who's driving it? Butlers. Butlers? Oh, no. Like, if you're doing a, if you're doing a Mad Max reference in a, in a seven-minute episode of a kid's show that's, like, all obviously hand-drawn because it's all part of their imagination and then retroactively doing all these drawings about what had happened at their nana's house. Um, I just, yeah, there's there's so much Mad Max Fury Road in that in that uh, seat. And, I mean, go through Escape. I think there could just be, there could be a whole essay on just someone ripping apart Escape at all the different references. But, um, yeah, I, that moment, Apocalypse Now, Mad Max Fury Road mashup, I'm, like, all about it. I'm so glad you said that because so many film, I guess, triggers had jumped out to us, but I had been wondering where the Aussie films were and why wouldn't you have Mad Max Fury Road in there because, man, it is amazing. So uh, good spot and uh, (laughs) as soon as this is finished, I'm going back to watch Escape. (laughs) I mean, look, we did kind of invent the post-apocalypse genre, so I feel like every now and then if you can pop that in. I mean, look, the, you know, one of Australia's greatest filmmakers ever, Dr. George Miller, the director of Mad Max, was also responsible for, you know, he produced and was a key part in Babe, which is one of the greatest kids' movies ever made, and, uh, mm-hmm. and one of the most underrated kids' movies ever made, Babe, Pig in the City, which is really kind of dark <laughs> and cool. 
Um, he directed mm-hmm. that too. So, I mean, he can do it all. He can do Mad Max Fury Road on one day and then Babe Pig in the City on another. Like, that's a pretty special guy. Another one I really love, and again, this is just the mashups keep flying. Um, Pirates is a really fun episode. Uh, and Pirates is just, firstly, visually, it's playing around with another classic, Richard Donner, Spielberg, The Goonies. It's playing mm-hmm. with The Goonies, and it's also playing with a Disney classic, Pinocchio, because being in the belly of a whale. Um, and yeah. so, mm-hmm. so they, are, they are playing with some stuff there. I love Pirates very much for that reason because it is kind of, um, it's an episode about imagination that doesn't quite let you get there. Like it's, it's, it doesn't push you into the kid's imagination. It just lets you kind of um, watch it all happening. And I, I love that restraint in Bluey. And then sometimes that, you know, it can go off the wall. Um, like my favorite, you know, what's your favorite thing sort of thing later on. But, um, <laughs> it's, 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 but, I, but I love Pirates for that because it's really sweet and, and sort of a, a cute way to do it. And it, it only escalates and does some of these big dramatic moments when Bandit's unleashed and doesn't get embarrassed of the other dad playing with his kids. <laughs> later. And I've got to say there as well, p- Pirates, the um, the big dramatic moments are matched by that big dramatic soundtrack that is just straight out of Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> without actually yes. ripping it off. Uh, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's ticking all the boxes, yeah. Yeah, and lo- like you said, I'm sure there are so many because – you know, the the great filmmaker Danny Boyle who did make Sunshine, who was one of those references from Sleepy Time, he, he said something that really resonated with me. He said it about a decade ago in an interview. It's like cinema's 70% sound. And so I think that that's uh-huh. what Bluey is, where Bluey really nails it. It has a score and has a sound design and has this sort of like, you know, the rollicking changes in mood or like a game just like coming to life. And is it's all about the sound. It's all about, you know, uh, it's all about, those little touches that you're probably not even thinking about, but the guys who are creating it are so dialed into how important it is to the everyone's engagement of it or like no sound, for example, like no score versus the incredible score moments that happen um, yeah. all throughout all throughout the whole series. Just on that, those moments of silence, we've noticed that they cut at the high point of jokes quite often just to let them really shine. And I wonder if that feeds into some comedic sort of uh, references or, um, yeah, just taking it down that road. So I think with Bluey, like there's so many opportunities to do that and I, I love not manipulating the audience to laugh. I think that I think what they, the, the great thing with Bluey is both in like sad moments and this moments they don't, they don't like harp string you too much. They kind of want you to have a little bit of a moment. It's like that, uh, you know, the great one that eventually got cut out of the Disney Plus um, versions of Bluey. Like, <laughs> daddy, daddy, how did, daddy, daddy, how did the baby get in the? How did the baby get in that lady's tummy? And he's like, oh, and he just like, like, just like that nice gap is. You're allowed to laugh in this moment. I think that's probably for a little bit for more the adults. I, I like that style of when you're playing with kids comedy. Like you're not. They're not when they're going for a joke that's for an adult or maybe for mm-hmm. someone who's a little bit older, especially the parents, and they have to be aware of how engaged the parents are. They're not they're not burying the lip, like they're not like going woo and playing like a kazoo after it. They're just like <laughs> leaving it out there. They're leaving it out there for you. And if you get it and you love it, that's great. Yes. It's uh it's a nice change of pace that you can get there organically. It it it's what defines bluey isn't it <laughs> yes um i guess one of my final ones before we get onto your normal uh questions is i just love i love the episode work because it's like bluey's flash dance slash saturday night fever um i just <laughs> okay. love it see, i like, see singing in the rain with this yeah. one so oh, yeah S- singing in the rain too uh, which i actually watched only like Last night, I, one of my favorite movies of all time. I literally love it. Um, uh, but I love this because it's like that sort of um, I'm stuck in this dead end job. Like they just won't let me out to live my dream. Like genre, it is a genre. Like there's like the sort of the oh, team yeah. one. There's the team oh, ones like the step ups and all that sort of stuff. The flash throw dance. Empire Records in there, yeah. Empire Records, all <laughs> that. Like, there's so many of those. Like, I'm in this dead end job, and no one will let me live my dream. The genre and the, that that <laughs> and I just love, I love it because it's so it. And what's so good about so many blue episodes is like sometimes you don't actually, you know, army is army, right? Like you kind of know where it is, but sleepy time is. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of 
until you're in bingo subconscious, you kind of don't really know what the hell is going to happen. And there's a couple of minutes to go in the episode before you're there. And that's what I love about work is like work seems like, oh, like how do I come up with this game? And then it becomes that elaborate story for like five minutes. And it's so yeah. good. Like it's like, it gets <laughs> it. It's like that is the essence of what that is. Would you like to buy a drain pipe? <laughs> oh, peanuts. Why are bad things happening to me? I thought I was a good dog. And then it like gives you the big romantic ending and like teaches Bluey her little morality tale about being a boss and like just simply bossing the family around to play the game or to adhere to the game. But mm-hmm. I, but there's all that that stuff. But I just love that like sometimes it nails the genre so completely. You're like, oh well, Bluey like it's that old you know South Park used to tease themselves about it. Well, The Simpsons did it. Like The Simpsons yeah. did it. So how do we do it? And so I feel like Bluey is totally getting away with that as well because it's just it's so pure uh about you know an authentic to like an australian experience um a contemporary experience an experience that is aware of other things and also like that kind of gamification of parenting like it just gets all those things and it's just it but also then it gets to kind of flex around and play with these genres too so i'm i'm always i continue to be impressed the gamification of parenting. I think that's going to be a new quotable quote. Is it? Oh, that's <laughs> that good. sounds, yeah, look, that sounds so uh, newfangled. You would never know yeah. how old school it really is, but, uh, <laughs> but everything old is new again, right? I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, look, uh, they're kind of my faves um, that I love and I couldn't find, I was desperately trying to find you guys a screenshot of um, the particular moment in a Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta that he was like yelling at his parents and trying to get that same moment to match up in work. But I don't know if I've got that, but the rest of the references, <laughs> I will definitely have those screenshots um, and, some, and some comparisons to send through um, to Kate and Mayor so they can share it with everyone listening. What a very kind guest. Thanks so much, Blake. <laughs> Fantastic, Blake. Thank you. You are doing all the work for us. It's amazing. Um, Listen, if there's anything I know, and it's not actually parenting <laughs> or anything, it's, it's just how to kind of be a kind how podcast to- guest. <laughs> <laughs> it's an underrated skill. We, we absolutely so. are on board with that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, we've, we've covered so much. I feel like. I have so many more questions. Um, We have our standard uh, questions that we try and shoot rapid fire. They don't always end up rapid fire um, (laughs) at our guests. Um, So perhaps we'll we'll do those and then um, I'm sure we'll have follow-up questions from there. So, um, (laughs) Blake, are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. Okay, so favourite character. Favourite character is Bandit. By far. He's he's what I aspire to be as a parent. <laughs> like, he's the you best. and all of us. You and he's, all of us. He's the best dad. He is his patience and creativity. Like I come up with silly games for my kids. Um, you know, uh you know, I'll just give you like two examples that I shared with my brother and sister because they they like obviously we grew up together. So if you've seen The Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi and The Karate Kid, when Daniel's son gets hurt, he slaps his hands mm-hmm. together and he rubs them together and sort of gives him this magic. And so I do that for my daughter whenever she falls down or like hurts herself. I'm like, do you need the magic? And I do it. And my brother looked at me and he's – My brother is has two – older kids my niece and nephew and they're all like um they're eight and ten and so my brother's like god damn it you remembered that's such a good move i wish i did that move because like you can't (laughs) do that now so there's that and 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 so like you know and and like the other day my my son is just he's two and he's just in the last throes of being in a high chair and i keep telling him to put his hands up in the air and for those 90s folk who like grew up around the 80s and 90s like the song put your hands up in the air so i i just started playing it on our spotify like put your hands up in the air put your hands up like that's our game so he can put his hands up in the air and so i can actually put him into this damn high chair and so when i have those moments i'm like yeah that's that's only a moment that i've because i've watched bluey and because i've watched Bandit, <laughs> and he's just the coolest. <laughs> and some karate kid never hurts as well fair enough <laughs> 
I reckon I'm about um, three months off getting into the high chair and I might just happen to bust out that move and claim it as my own, Blake. Do it, 100%. <laughs> it's yours. Anyone listening, it's yours. In the air. <laughs> yeah, little party time at um, McMahon dinner. I love it. Uh, Blake, favourite episode? I think earlier on I would have, you know, you could have asked me to like, could have been a granny's or, you know, with some of the new episodes you feel like, oh, it could just be everyone because they're all so fresh. But genuinely, um, I, I, I'm so moved by Sleepy Time on like a deep, like in a deep and, and like really profound level that I just think it's, I, I said to many people this year, like I'm legitimate when I say like, it's the best Australian thing I've seen this year. And like one of my favourite things that I've seen this year is, uh, the second series of Mystery Road, which I think is like the only cop that I want to see in a TV show right now. With <laughs> yes. Um, oh, like, uh, bless Aaron Peterson. Um, which, uh, you know, Mystery Road Series 2 is out. It's directed by Warwick Thornton, who's one of the most profoundly talented directors going around and Wayne and Wayne Blair. And so, you know, that would be the other Australian thing that I saw this year that I was, you know, that I was impressed with deeply. But, like, I have shown Sleepy Time and told people about Bluey and talked about Sleepy Time as, like, a profound piece of art. Like, that is mm. that is that is a piece of art. And uh, oh, I could watch it all the time. And, and my wife and I have both balled to that yeah. episode on multiple uh. occasions. And, and talk about... <laughs> Talk about ISO. Like, if you catch us on a bad ISO day, oh like, yeah, and, and like, and you're feeling particularly emotional or whatever, right? That you, emotional roller coaster you, with sleepy time. Yeah, you watch sleepy time, and, and you're a mess. And um, and and uh, you know, it's. I just think it's amazing. Look, like, it's I, quite I, cathartic, I, though. I think, like, in that moment where, like, chilly, the sun is like, I will always be there for you, and it's just like, oh, it gets me every time. Yeah, every time. Yeah, it's one of those that gets me every time. I'm, I, you know, a very close honorable mention, um, honorable mention to uh, Flatpak and Army. Um, I really mm. liked and and um, and Daddy Dropoff. Uh, I, I mean, they're oh, all very, very close. Yeah. Yeah, 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 very close. And 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 um, you know, a camping earlier on for for sort of very similar reasons to Daddy Drop Off. But I just, yeah, Sleepy Time as a whole piece of stuff. Like I had friends over like recently, and I, we stopped doing stuff. The kids were eating dinner, and I was like, let's watch Sleepy Time. Like I just made them watch. <laughs> I don't never. They never it. watched. They never watched uh, Blue before. I'm like, this is the best thing that I've seen from Australian producers this year. This thing. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Wow. Um <laughs> hey, what is Blake, what is your go-to uh quote from Bluey? Uh it has to be we're gonna have a bun. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, yes. because it's competitive, it's silly, and like everyone, especially in the time that we're living in, uh tinkering around at home is is like the percentage amount of time of tinkering around at home and, and doing like uh, DIY is drastically increased um, during this <laughs> period of time. So um, we're going to Hammer Barn and uh, my kid's excited. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but my daughter's daycare sends like nice little newsletters and stuff uh, mm-hmm. about their days and occasionally like photos of them and stuff. And, you know, different daycare providers around Australia, I guess, do the same thing um, for anyone in this international. And my daughter's daycare is like, and they ask, sometimes they ask a question and then they just get the kids to answer and then they write down all the answers. And so one of them was like, what do you want? Like, what are you doing this weekend? And my daughter's answer was we're going to Bunnings. Oh, that's and, amazing. And and so I just, you know, we're going to Hammer Barn and every time I drive past it's Hammer Barn, of course. Um, it's now Hammer Barn, it's not Bunnings. Um, and, yeah, I just, <laughs> we're going to Hammer Barn. I just love it because it's sort of silly. Or, or just old biscuits is always fun um, or cheese and crackers when I see my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, those those ones are fun. Those ones are fun. <laughs> but uh, I think we're going to Hammer Barn has happened so much more frequently that, uh, that yeah, that's probably my fave. <laughs> It's kind of become the motto for 2020, I feel. Yeah, you're (laughs) definitely. (laughs) Yeah, that and paint chips. Yeah, we've got a house full of them now. Oh, Um, man. Blake, what was your favourite kids' TV show growing up? Uh, I grew up, I'm a bit of a weird kid. Like I grew up watching um, the man from Snow, the Australian movie, The Man from Snow River and Rocky (laughs) a lot as a kid. Wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Two random things. But the foundational show of my young life was the 1966 Batman show with Adam West. Uh, it's oh, my, yeah. 
it, it's a show that when I first watched it as a kid, you it's the like the greatest, most rollicking adventure that you've ever seen in your whole life. And when you watch it as an adult, as I am, it is one of the funniest satires of superheroes <laughs> ever made. Like it is one of the funniest things ever. Like, and Adam West is like comedic genius. There was a reason that he spent like 20 years on Family Guy just voicing this absolutely insane mayor on the show because his comedic <laughs> timing is absolutely impeccable. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, I, I love Batman 66. I love it. It's just amazing. Uh, it, in Australia, it was on um, SBS uh, Vice last year for yeah. quite a while. So many people um, I knew with kids were watching it and it just was like, yeah, just everyone's <laughs> favourite show for a while there. And there was I haven't, I haven't listened yet, but um, someone at SBS Vice did a recap podcast as well. So I'm um, amazing. Dan, Dan Barrett is his name. He did a show called Batman Land, which covered all three seasons. And I was on two episodes of the show. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Well, thank you. You're no, everything I, around the podcast. Yeah, I, I, I was. I was around. I do like Dan. Dan is a great podcasting machine and uh, and a good friend of mine. That was a fun podcast to do. There's some really great episodes. Some really great people. And it's it's a. I mean, it, it does stand up. Watching it with your kids is just great. It's great. Awesome. Um, it sounds like you have many of them, Blake. But favorite for real life bluey moment in your life. Uh. I think I've been kicked in the crotch nearly as many times as Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's favourite. I don't know if it's favourite. Uh, but I, I don't think but it would be. It's not favourite. <laughs> Just do- right like, in I, the Jupiters. That, 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 that old, that, that, that old biscuits moment has happened so many times in my life and my daughter just being in the middle of our bed. Um, um, it's happened so many times. Uh, my, 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 son, my, son has had that, my son has had that moment uh, where... Uh, my wife Nellie screamed down Hammer Barn at him. Uh, <laughs> it was sort of mm-hmm. a Keaton moment. I'm like, oh, oh there must be another Keaton. Um, and I was at another, luckily at another place. Yeah, look, um, I don't know. There's just, there, there's so many little moments now. They're kind of indelible. But, uh, yeah, I would, I'd have to say it's like the little small moments, you know. Um, uh, there, there's one particular moment. It's in um, the copycat episode where you see, um, you see Bandit washing the dishes with Bingo. Um, mm-hmm. And there's little moments like that that probably like uh, tug my heartstrings, like feel like a real moment more to me than anything else is like those those little for real life blue moments. But, yeah, if I had, mm-hmm. to, if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, <laughs> based on the amount of sleep I feel like I've had in the last couple of weeks because it's been, a, it's, you know, as, as any parents of young ones are listening. Invasion like invasion going on. Yeah, it's a couple of weeks of like, you know, people are going, you look tired. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. Um, uh, so, yeah, there's a couple of weeks wow. of that. So I, I think that one re- resonates the most is uh, probably old biscuits because, uh, yeah, it's happened probably even as early as like two <laughs> It might be a, a coming special episode of Got to Be Done where we line up all the moments and all their direct takes from <laughs> Australia's Funniest Home Videos and find out that actually they're just mining that for pure gold. Oh, um, oh. It's, it's probably pretty likely, yeah. Um, Blake, what do you want to see in the next drop of Bluey and why? Um, I love Lucky's dad. He's so oh, fun. He just cracks me up. He's so, he's so game for it. Like he's so a game for a game. Like if he gets dragged into a game, he's like right in it. Yeah, he's and he's so helpful and accommodating. And I love that we kind of only know him as Lucky's dad. Like we just that's, that's all we know. <laughs> like I. <laughs> even chili in the episode stump fest yeah like his dad like Lucky's oh dad <laughs> yeah so funny. so funny but yeah no i just love lucky like i love Lucky's dad because you know he pulls a hat like he's pulling hammies he's getting attacked by lions he's like um he's getting his football stolen he's at stump fest you know um uh, you know, he's delivering not- a baby as well in yeah, the paddling pool yeah. rather than watching yeah. the cricket i think you he's know, the best I, I love Lucky's dad because he's just so game and he seems like a guy who wouldn't like he, he would be totally like the the douchebag neighbor or whatever but he's just brilliant yeah he, he so so more more of Lucky's dad doing basically anything uh I, 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 I'm in I'm in and I love well, Rusty. I do love, I, do, I do love Rusty too he's just the best I, he's, he's such a cutie he's a good so boy good. Yeah. yeah he's a good boy 
And final one, which I think you might struggle to keep this down to one, but if if you could pick just one film reference that you'd like to see in a future Bluey episode, what what do they need to get to? I'm all about a Jaws reference. I just, there hasn't been Uh, a, have I missed one? No, I don't think, I haven't seen it. I haven't even seen a Baby Shark reference yet. So that that might be how they get it in. (laughs) I mean, you know, speaking of pirates earlier, you know, like we're going to need a bigger boat. Like, I mean, just anything. Like that's all I want, you know, you know, paddling in a boat and the boat gets knocked over. This is no boating accident. Like I'm just in for, (laughs) I, I really like a Jaws reference. As I call, call me silly, I, I like a Jaws reference. It's one of the greatest, you know, one of the greatest movies ever made, and I, I'm I'm all about that. Like that, that would be really fun. It would, it would, you know, it, it's for me, it's almost impossible to narrow it down. And I don't ever think for anyone listening that like there's going to be a heat, a Michael Mann heat reference in a Bluey episode. <laughs> Which, oh come know. on, it's just like they could totally get that in cold uh, chicken or you know who knows. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or maybe maybe the kids are wearing hockey masks to perform yeah. a heist. I don't know, but I mean well, that's my ninja dream. suits, that's, so you know that, that, it's possible. Yeah, then it, it's close. You know that that could be like that's a sort of wild out there dream. But I, I think there's plenty of room for a <laughs> there's plenty of room for a Jaws reference um, uh, because yeah, that's a, a I mean you know living living in Brisbane near the coast, they go to the beach. I'm just waiting to waiting for that Jaws reference big time. Sounds too good. That could even almost be when the Bluey movie finally hits. Uh, that oh. could be movie-worthy, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. save it. Totally. <sighs> so good. Um, okay, I have one follow-up question from all those amazing answers, Blake. Um, what Please. are you going to do when eventually your daughter watches Karate Kid and realises <laughs> that you didn't invent magic? Uh, I'm going I'm, I'm to love it. That'll be a I'm sad a, day. I'm a, no, but it's like, I, I don't know. It's it's. She might start calling you Miyagi. <laughs> yeah, that I'm good with that too. Like, yeah, I'm good well, with, that's actually I, it's I, a pretty I, good promotion. I, I think that's a deep compliment, and I, I'm 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 uh, Pat Morita, may you rest in peace and and in power. In fact, like I'm good with that. No, I don't know. I I can't wait. I can't wait to see the realization flood on her face because it's not just that like it's every movie reference I've ever answered her in every silly <laughs> voice I've done every you know every voice I've given to a, a doll or something like that that or, or like or you know one day it sounds like Bane the next day it sounds mm-hmm. like Gollum like you know there's <laughs> many things that that you know uh, that I come up with just because I'm a movie person um I'm sure on, I, you make her dolls sound like creepy characters like yeah sometimes she's got a she's got a, she's got She's got a pug named Pugsley. I named him because I didn't like the name she gave him. <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah, call him Pugsley. And uh, and so then I just started talking as Gollum was Pugsley, like and like trying to wake her up from a nap the other day because she was sleeping a little bit too long. And so I then start doing the Gollum voice. I don't know what. Look, Kate, well, I don't taters, know why. Taters, what's Taters? My husband does a great Gollum, and <laughs> we're watching Lord of the Rings taters, again at the moment. Taters, so taters. yeah, you just you know you do the you do the silly voice. <laughs> You, do, you start talking um, uh, and you start telling her to wake up like Gollum. I mean, whatever. It's just, in short, the answer is I can't wait. I literally can't <laughs> wait to be found out because that means that she's going to be watching movies with her dad, which yes, is going to no, be cool. Uh, that will be I cool. Think there are so many pop culture children out there who have got a Truman Show style awakening coming and it's going to be glorious. <laughs> so good. And at least they're getting the introduction to those films through not only yourself but through Bluey. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, all of us kids who grew up with The Simpsons, the, uh, and, and I just talked about this on my own podcast for a future episode with a great international film critic called Matt Zoller-Zeitz. He's like, my kids watched the Psycho episode of The Simpsons and they didn't know that they <laughs> <laughs> that's how it was their first experience of psycho was the simpsons and i said well the first experience of the concept of a deep throat from the you know from the film all the president's yeah. men was Skitters in a car park smoking like, <laughs> like, yes. like and, and like and, and i'm like that I, I didn't know that that was all the president's men nor a deep throat or anything i just you know it's an underground car park but the imagery is so indelible that you're like by the time you arrive at the text you're like Oh my god, that was Smithers was deep throat. Oh my god, <laughs> who shot Mr. Burns? It's like that's that that's how you learn stuff. So I, if 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 my kids can have the same 
awakening experience that I had with The Simpsons in so many incredible and wonderful like episodes. I, I would be stoked for them. Ah, too good. Um, Blake, thank you so much. I feel like this whole episode has been an awakening for me. Um, there's mm, yeah, me. so much, and so much more. I feel like we're still going to learn about the film uh, crossovers of Bluey. So yeah, keep keep us posted as you realize more. <laughs> and well, look, I think I think I might have to just start a thread. I'll just have to start a thread <laughs> if I see yeah, them. Yeah. I'll just make Love some it. thread, and so you guys can check them out. But um, yeah, and no, I'll be keeping my and look. I'm sure as they're as their great crop of like talented people are there and, and, and they all start getting to flex their fun influences. I'm sure we're going to see some great ones uh, coming in the future, but uh, I'm excited. Um, Blake, we'd love to um, hear more of your podcast. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, best place to find all of the podcasts that we've done is oneheatminute.com. Uh, uh, that that leads you off to all the different shows and episodes and their individual sites and and, and where they all live and all, about all of the producers of the shows. Uh, and if you're on Twitter, it's at one Blake Minute is the best place to find me. And for the current show that I'm hosting and producing, uh, all the presidents minutes is at ATPM Pod um, is on Twitter as well. But oneheatminute.com is where you can find everything we do. Love a pun name, and if you want to, <laughs> or um, many, yeah, or many, and if you want to see some of the um, the social side by sides that Blake's talked about, we're going to be posting them on Instagram. Our handle is at Bluey Pod, and on Twitter it's at Bluey Podcast. On Facebook, we are Got to Be Done the Bluey Podcast, or you can find us by searching at Bluey Pod. And you can always email us too for the direct scoop or if you've got your own movie references you want to share. It's, <laughs> yes, um, tell us. Please do. It's blueypod at gmail.com. Um, I think there is going to be so many conversations coming from this episode. But, um, yeah, in the meantime, we'll be back next week. Thank you so much, Blake. Kate, it's been lovely. In the meantime, it's got to be done. Got to be done. Bye. I have to go. Thank you.